Hello and welcome back to Control Alt Delete, another episode for you today. I'm very excited to introduce you to Victoria McGrath. She is one of the top bloggers and YouTubers at the moment in the luxury fashion space. You'll probably know her from her blog In The Fro, which is an award-winning blog with a huge global audience. Victoria has a PhD in fashion and she started her career as a fashion marketing lecturer at the University of Manchester. Her blog has brought her so many opportunities and she is now a L'Oreal Paris hair ambassador. She was also recently in a huge campaign for the Prince's Trust and L'Oreal alongside Helen Mirren, Katie Piper and Cheryl Cole and there was a huge billboard recently uh, all to do with the campaign at Piccadilly Circus which was really cool to see. In 2016, Victoria was nominated for a Glamour Woman of the Year Award. She has also worked with a huge number of very established fashion and beauty brands, including Burberry, Dior, Armani, Coach, Netta Porter, Selfridges, and many, many more. In this episode, we break some YouTuber myths. We talk about work-life balance, self-doubt, how to earn money online, and how having your own platform can give you so much opportunity in lots of different directions. And in general, it was just really great to talk to Victoria. I've been a follower of her blog for many years and it's been really interesting watching her grow and evolve and take on lots of different projects. And she's very clever. So I hope you enjoy this episode and here it is. So I'm with Victoria in her lovely flat aka in the fro for those well. of you listening it's a little messy um, i'll be honest <laughs> not, not at all it's gorgeous <laughs> it is always funny though having been like a fan of your youtube channel and seeing things in real life like i just met alex and i yeah. feel weird being like i know you Aww. i don't know you <laughs> no no it is so funny like whenever people kind of bump into us we're like alex exists it's like a real person i'm like yeah like we just yeah, yeah, two normal random people just living our lives yeah because <laughs> when you follow a individual you sort of get to know a lot about their lives in a kind of a strange way yeah um but I wanted to ask you because obviously we'll get into what you do in a bit more detail but the fact that you did a PhD yeah you had a decision to make didn't you back in the beginning yeah and I think it's so like your journey into YouTube is so interesting it's so crazy looking back the amount of times I actually forget that that even happened and then someone will say like you used to be a lecturer right and I'm like oh my god yeah that was like such a different stage of my life that I do sometimes forget even happened. Although it was such a very transitional stage and something that really kind of helped grow me into who I am now, I suppose. So I'm so glad that even happened. It's quite a senior job to be having even yeah. back then. Were you like in your early twenties? I was twenty-four and I was teaching so I had a few different classes. I had like a third year class, so they will have been around twenty one, twenty twenty one. And then I also taught masters students and they were around twenty two, twenty three. So pretty much I was teaching people almost my age. And obviously if there were any mature students, some of them were older than I was. So it was a little bit a bit well it was amazing it was a bit crazy but it was also amazing but the fact that I was employed as a lecturer in such a huge established university like Manchester yeah it was just like wow like and you ran your blog along the side during that yeah so I started the blog during the second year of the PhD totally got immersed in the whole world because I had no idea it even existed I don't know how I got through a fashion degree and didn't realize that fashion blogs existed Bit, mm. a bit insane but yeah so I found it during like my second year of the PhD totally fell in love with it got obsessed and then I would spend like half the day writing the PhD and half the day writing the blog 
and then it just became like two full-time jobs and then I got the lecturing position when I kind of finished the PhD but then I was also finishing writing up the final corrections on the PhD so that was taking up my time. Honestly, that, there was about a chunk of six months, I'd say, where it was like three full-time jobs and I was exhausted, I barely slept oh and I remember Dom at Gleam saying to me like, Victoria, something's got to give, this is ridiculous, you need to sleep properly. And, I, and I, it kind of like hit me and I was like, you're right, this is just a bit silly now. But and I got through it. Yeah, I mean, how amazing to have done it both, I mean, both of those things. But it's just thinking about that now, because I think back to uni and I'm glad I hadn't discovered blogging yeah. until my third year because a part of me thinks, what if I got so into it that I then dropped out totally and um i mean one of my friends em do you know em sheldon so yeah she she runs em talks and um i remember she was in a second year she took a third year out went to canada and her blog was growing and growing and she was in this she kept coming to me like conflicted like should i maybe quit uni and and not go back to uni and carry on with the blog and i literally i'm the biggest advocate for education so i was like no way get uni finished rather don't finish the university to go doing your blog just finish this final year get out of the way get your yeah. degree in your pocket and then you can carry on blogging after that and luckily she took my advice i was so pleased um but at the same time for some people they might not be enjoying the course it might not be the right pathway for them anyway and mm. if they're doing so well in the blog then it's just an amazing time to do it so yeah. in a way you've got to see what's happening in someone's life like it could be different for everyone but Definitely. I would be an advocate for trying to get through, especially if you're in your second year. Because dogs your third aren't going year. away. Exactly, exactly. And, and you can, I, I think you can still run a blog and finish that last year of university. Just get through it and then you can just be free then and just yeah. go with the blog, I think. What was, the, what was the, um, the, that moment of when you realised, oh yeah, actually blogging is something that I should do full time? Because leaving a lecturing job, I guess, it's not easy no. to make that decision. No, because I mean, again, at 24, well, I'll have been 25 when I left it ish, about 25. And obviously, it was just such a, like, a prestigious career to almost be in. And I was so proud to have that, that they trusted me to have this career teaching people. It was amazing. So to give that up, it did take a lot of thought. And again, I spoke to a lot of people. I spoke, again, I spoke with Dom at Gleam. And he was like, I honestly think that you can do it. You can, you can, you can do this full time. And obviously, it's, it's scary because you, you're finishing up a career that you've worked so hard towards for this brand new career that we have no idea where it's even going or what's going to happen to it. And you just have to kind of take that leap of faith. And and when Dom said, I think you can do it, I was like, okay, let's let's give this a go. I'll move to London. I'll just yeah, just throw myself into it completely and see what happens. Because that's kind of it is turning it on its head that that annoying stereotype that like blogging and YouTubing is just like yeah, just you know people are. I mean, I think it's changed. I think people definitely respect it way more now. Yes. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I agree. But back at the beginning, I just people didn't know what it was, and it really, I mean, it annoyed me, annoyed us all. <laughs> yeah. But it's like when you look at everything that you do, what goes into it. I mean, you've got a PhD in like fashion and. What I looked at was consumer behaviour on mobile apps. Right. So I was looking at how people interacted with apps, what they could do, like what the brand could do to kind of really reinforce the brand message or really inspire purchasing and all that kind of thing it was really interesting and especially back then no one was really even looking at mobile apps mm. in that research form a lot of people looked at online shopping and how we could like 
inspire that but no one looked at mobile so it was kind of difficult to do that at the time like I had to rely on a lot of online shopping academia to kind of reinforce my mobile shopping academia and I mean luckily I managed I, this is a bit mad as well but I actually managed to publish two papers from my PhD around mobile shopping because I just thought if anyone else wants to re like research wow. this they're gonna need these papers to kind of to carry back it on. on yeah yeah so I managed to do that which was really cool and I, I researched so many different like mobile apps and fashion apps do you know it's quite funny though now I don't really even look at fashion apps do you, I mean, do you? No. No. I just go straight to the website now. There's definitely a, there's definitely a shift. I've seen yeah. a massive shift in the last year. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about um, the L'Oreal stuff. Because that's the new... I guess that's a new type of partnership in a way of... It's not just working with a brand here and there. It's like you're fully... You're the ambassador for L'Oreal hair. Like, yeah. that's incredible. It's amazing. And when that first came through and my manager said, this is a possibility, would you be interested? I was like... Hell yes, that's absolutely amazing. Like mm. L'Oreal Paris is such an incredible brand. Um, it's an amazing team of people as well, and to be associated with that, and especially because they, the fact that they wanted me to be their hair ambassador was just huge. Yeah, huge. It always always been a dream to do something around hair, yeah. and to work with a brand around hair. Because obviously, back in the day, it was my brand was almost built around mm. my hair, the yeah. purple hair thing. So I'd always had it in my head I wanted to do something with hair. So when this came up, I was like, this is incredible. It's amazing. And what, what kind of goes into that sort of partnership? Is it like, you, do you have to, can you not use any other hair products or anything like that? No, no, they're, they're totally like flexible with it, which is amazing. But it's mainly that I, it's, it's pretty cool actually. They get to send me all their newest things that are coming out, like new shampoos or new formulas. I get to try them and review them before anyone else really has, which is really cool, like to give them feedback on brand new products that are coming out, that's great. Um, and then once I've literally just launched into stores, they'll send me a few over so I can try them out. If I really like them, then I can write a blog post on them or I can mention them in a video and let people know how much I'm loving them. And I mean, the good thing about it is that I actually really genuinely love their products. There are so many that I use daily mm. in my routine anyway. So it was just a no-brainer for me. It just works so well. Yeah, and they must have done their research with getting in touch with you and yeah. knowing that it's such a good fit. Yeah, well, exactly. I know I was honestly so proud that day. And then the day when it came out, because I think we heard about it about eight months before it even came out like in I think it came out in September and we got we all got to mention it in social media and say that we're hair ambassadors mm. or because there were a few other girls that are also makeup ambassadors so that day when it came out and I could finally put it on the wires and tell people it had happened it was just like ee, I was mm. like jumping for joy and I was so happy That's and so cool because yeah. the Prince's Trust L'Oreal partnership is that related or is that I guess it's still L'Oreal yeah but... it's I mean it's kind of related but I mean it's obviously much more for the charity side which I was so more than happy to be a part of so when they asked me I was like yeah absolutely I'd love to be yeah. a part of that and to share my stories on it and so and that was all about was that all about confidence yeah and... so it's just all about ways to turn anyone's self-doubt into this self-worth mm -hmm. which goes so well with the whole you're worth it because we're worth it campaign of L'Oreal anyway but it's just such a wonderful campaign, just really trying to show young people that if they have skills and they have ideas and they have this inspiration to do something, that they can do it. They just need to really um, like step out of this doubt that they have and realise that they are worth it and they can reach their goals and they can get there. And that's why 
L'Oreal has created a few different hubs around the country that people can go to and chat with people and get advice and I think it's amazing. I was yeah. so proud to be part of that. It was amazing. All the little videos of um, kind of the backstories of, uh, and, and again of all these people that you kind of think don't have any problems. Yeah. And you know listening to just amazing actresses and models and just inspirational women kind of say I was bullied at school or yeah. I actually struggled with self-doubt for many years I don't know it was just it's yeah. good it's good of them to do it it, it was an eye-opener really and I I really enjoyed it as well looking through everyone's videos and seeing the stories was really really nice and it, it was such a lovely day filming though and the team were wonderful um yeah and I kind of just hope it came across in mind just how kind of emotional it actually was because yeah. at one point I did start crying yeah it was like a dark room and there were all these cameras on me and lots of people around and they were just prompting me constantly on okay so how did that make you feel and can you tell us a story and I, and I did and I'm usually quite a cold person when it comes to emotions like that like I, I don't cry that all that often and I think it was just the atmosphere and the fact I was digging so deep for these emotions of what I'd felt a few years previous, oh, it really hit me and I just, I just welled up and like started crying and everyone was like, are you okay? And honestly, it was, it was really emotional to yeah. actually dig that because I never usually think that deeply about my emotions. I almost try and just brush them off, get on with it, carry on working, not thinking like how tired I might be or how upset I might be. And just kind of carry on and brush it off. So the fact I had to really think about these emotions really, really got to me actually. Yeah. God, yeah. that's like um, with all this stuff at the moment around sort of like meditation, like taking time for yourself and reflecting. Because I'm guilty of that as well. I don't. I'd rather distract myself. Yeah. I'd rather do some work. Absolutely. Than confront the feelings that I'm having. Yeah. No. Totally. That's totally yeah. me. It must have felt good afterwards to sort of. Yeah, it was actually. Put it out there. Yeah, it was, and I really just hoped it would help a lot of people because I know there'll be a lot of people out there that suffer with online bullying or online hate or negativity. So I really wanted that story to come across as genuine as it actually was, mm. and I feel that they did such a good job of editing it. So. Yeah. yeah. I just hope it's helped a lot of people. Really. It does and I was um mentioning this before as well that. Your blog posts, I think, have that real element of honesty to them as well. Yeah. Because even though, of course, you... I guess you're, like, a really big name in sort of the luxury category of blogging, I'd say. Like, yeah. fashion and beauty, isn't it? Like, you work with really high-end brands and stuff. Yeah. But I think what sets you apart for me, like, that I love following you, is because <laughs> um you'll also write how you're feeling and, like, self-doubt and sometimes, like, competition or comparison. Yeah. And yeah. Um, even reading that, you think, well, you're living the life, travelling around, working with... Chanel and Dior and like you're in Paris but you even you struggle with self-doubt and comparison I was like who do you compare yourself to yeah no well that's that's the thing though with social media and a lot of people have kind of brought up that point that it does look like this rosy lifestyle and we're all prancing around with our pretty bags and going to these beautiful tropical islands and and all of that um and I completely understand that it is on the outset amazing and I'm so I feel so privileged and extremely lucky and grateful that I've got to this point it's wonderful but I don't take any of that for granted and if anything I just use those experiences and opportunities to make more and more like I'll say this to someone yesterday that when I went to the Maldives um, literally I spent the entire time making content um, I was putting on makeup in the blistering heat, putting on makeup, going outside to take pictures, to do video footage, um, to do Instagrams. 
I literally didn't spend any time in the sun lying down. Not, not, not even one hour just to lie and enjoy it. It was constantly about vlogging, about taking pictures, about getting the best content. So if anything, I left there feeling more exhausted than I even than I was before I went. But people don't really see that, which I understand because we do put up the best pictures and make it look like we're we're laughing into the sunset because we're having such a great time. But that's just that very curated lifestyle that we want to create on Instagram. And at the same time, it was still an incredible trip, and just being being there in the sunshine, the sand was wonderful. And of course, I enjoyed it to a massive extent, but it was about the work, yeah. and that's the same with. The 24, 25 trips that I went on last year. Oh my god, 24. Crazy wow. amount of travelling. I mean, I'm not very good at maths. But that's two a month. Yeah, two a month. <gasps> yeah. God. If anything, it felt like more than that, in honesty. It was constant go, go, go. I felt like I was living out of a suitcase. Not that I'm complaining, because it, it really was amazing to be able mm. to see so many places last year. It was really wonderful. But it was all work. I think there yeah. was only, I want to say, maybe one trip that was slightly less work but I was still taking Instagrams and getting blog posts and mm. yeah do you yeah. do you find it hard to switch off or are you because I think I actually really relate to you in many ways this is also why I love reading your blog is because I love working yeah and I think you've written before about like how you know you you, you love it and yeah. you would you would work all through the night if you could yeah and I'm also in a relationship and I'm also like knowing that I need to maybe not go on my laptop in the evenings a little bit more or something like that and I just because you've written about that before I was just like that's really helpful oh really yeah I'm glad it was because yeah I mean I am totally the biggest workaholic but it's also hard in this industry because if I want some downtime I'll watch YouTube and I'll see what my friends are doing and what they're buying but then to someone else Alex will be like stop working and I'm like well I'm just watching YouTube I'm just chilling watching YouTube it's like well that is work because technically you could be comparing yourself to someone you could be thinking about products to buy for your next video and technically yeah in a way it is but at the same time that's also what I see as recreational so it's kind of hard there's no barriers between the two is it also because the industry is is moving so quickly that my paranoia sometimes is well I can't I can't stop. Yeah. Like, if I stop, then, then what happens? Then you get left behind. Exactly. I feel the same. And the chance now we probably wouldn't get left behind if it was a couple of days off. Yeah. But, but the fear, it's just the fear of what if I get forgotten about and then in two days no one really cares about what I want to say. You just, it's just worrying, isn't it? It is. So I often feel that guilty if I haven't blogged for a few days. I'm like, oh, people aren't going to come back to my blog again. But they always do. Absolutely. But it's just that fear. I don't think anyone would notice... No, like for not. two or three days, but then it seems like a long time. Yeah. But then, did you do the red nose day red out? Yes. So, yes. so you were offline for twenty four hours. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. Um, do you know it was quite funny the amount of times I went to look at my Instagram, and it made me realise just how obsessed I really am when it comes to social apps. I'm doing a talk next week about um, internet addiction, but it's not it's not too you know grim and uh-huh. gruesome. It's 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 a positive ending. But um, I downloaded an app to see how many times I unlock my phone. Really? Nearly 300 times a day. Seriously? You're going to have to give me that, that this app I need to see. Yeah. On iPhone, it's called Moment. Moment. And on, I've got an Android Google Pixels, it's called something else on there. <gasps> but it's, um, and it gives you a score of like how addicted you are, and mine was like 100% off the charts. Oh my goodness. I, I think I'd be exactly the same. It's constant though, isn't it? Yeah, it, it did show me just how addicted and how often I do it. Yeah. 
but you must have yeah. such good relationships now with so many of the yeah. you know the people that you work with regularly yeah no I do and I think the thing that I like to do that I know a lot of bloggers don't do now which I think is a shame is I still have a lot of my own relationships with brands and PR um, agencies like I I go out to all my own meetings every single week I'm meeting with I mean yesterday I had six meetings back to back because I love to kind of keep up those relationships and speak to people one-to-one and mm. you know there's quite a lot of PR people now the people that work in PR who are like good friends of mine mm. because I see them so much we go on trips and it's so nice yeah. that because yeah I mean I know they're doing a job for a brand but at the same time they're amazing people and they're so much fun and it's just nice to kind of be friendly as well yeah absolutely but I know there are a lot of bloggers now that don't go to these meetings and don't see them and I feel it forms I don't know it's a bit of a wall then in between people creating the content and the brands that want you to create that content I think that's a bit of a shame that's really true because I I, I'm the same I, I see it actually as two quite separate things yeah you've got like the PR relationships that you know, turn into friends, like you say, because I've yeah. gone on travel trips. With some of the, like Most of them actually are on WhatsApp now. Like, yes. do you want to go meet up, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then if it's like a partnership, then obviously that's a little bit more formal. Yeah, yeah. And if it gets yeah. that partnership level, generally I only sort of see those kind of people when it comes to doing a job or a photo shoot or something. Yeah. But I, I do, I love being able to have these relationships because at the end of the day I know I have my managers there and I absolutely love them to bits but at the same time it's also my brand and my blog and everything that I've built around it Mm. and I would never want to be hidden behind a wall where someone can't access me I think it's quite nice that yeah that's really interesting because you hear I read a lot of like businessy sort of articles around growing your own thing growing your own brand all that stuff and some people say like you know it's good to be like really mysterious and yeah. never be in touch with anyone and I'm like I could never do that no. like the I the reason I got into this is because I love talking to people yeah clearly yeah, <laughs> with the podcast too. I'm like I just want to talk <laughs> but yeah it's a really exciting industry how do you feel like it's gonna carry on going it, I guess you're becoming like more into the mainstream as well seeing as you're like next to Helen Mirren on a poster <laughs> in Piccadilly Circus but Do you think that talent are going to start merging more and more and they're not going to just be like YouTubers versus other people versus... Yeah, I think, to be honest, the amazing thing about this industry now is how much it's diversifying. And there are people writing books and going on TV and having their own podcasts and creating products, which I think is incredible. I mean, all these people would never have thought that would ever happen before. Um, so I think that diversity now in that people can move into different segments, into stuff that maybe they couldn't have done before, but they can now because they have a platform to be able to do that, is really, really wonderful and really inspiring. Yeah. So I think that for a lot of people, that is what's going to happen for a lot of people. They'll carry on blogging, they may carry on YouTubing, but they'll move into other segments that they really, really enjoyed before. Like, for example, say if there was a blogger that really loved fashion design, but couldn't have ever gone into fashion design before because maybe they didn't have the right platform to do so. Maybe now they could go into having their own store and their own collections, you know. There's things like that. I think that's really wonderful. I think a lot more people will do that and diversify and become authors and TV presenters and personalities and that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you feel like really kind of... You must feel really happy that you've got your own platforms at this level. For me, I'm just constantly always thinking about continuing to grow and reach new audiences I'm never complacent like I would to be honest I mean yeah I mean the figures the amount of people that are following my channels is incredible and I never ever expected that ever 
So in a way, I guess I could do a lot of really cool things now. But for me, I'm just, I'm just not, in my mind, I don't feel like I can quite do that, those things yet. I don't know, maybe I just need the confidence to do them. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I do have a lot of ideas and, and dreams of stuff I would like to do. But I think I'm still in a point where I'm like, maybe I just need another six months, to grow a little bit more, grow in confidence a bit more, and then maybe I can achieve those goals a little bit yeah. further down the line. I like that. And there's so much going on as it is. <laughs> well, exactly. Like, I don't know when I'd fit in many other things, to be honest. Mm. Do you find it interesting, though, just how many people ha- now have Instagram and blogs? And we were talking earlier about, like, when we first met, which was only, like, a few years ago but even then it seemed like there weren't that many people doing it I feel like now everyone has a blog yeah which I think is awesome oh yeah there's absolutely if anything I just like to feel more inspired by what other people are doing yeah and I think it's just on those down days you know when you sort of sat on your couch no makeup on you're feeling a little bit like rubbish and then you see someone pop up and you're like oh I wish I had their body or their face or their hair like I think we all do it yeah so, so sometimes those comparisons can be a little bit difficult to deal with. But generally, I think the fact that so many people now have blogs and enjoy this as a hobby, it's almost like the age of MySpace. Do you remember when everyone kind of had their own profile? And the same with Facebook now, and everyone kind of has this online profile. I almost feel like blogs are this continuation of someone's profile into talking about themselves and what they love and what they love to buy and everything. It's, I don't know, it's yeah. also, it's, it's just this te- massive technology age about how we love to share more and more with everybody. So in a way, I won't be surprised in the future if like one in two people have a blog mm. as this reflective area, like an online diary to talk about what they want to talk about. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, me neither. No. And also actually agreeing with you on the fact that, you know, it's not necessarily a competition thing because I think now that probably one in two people have a blog, for example, yeah. it's more of a reminder as well that no one else is like you. When you think about it, every single blog is totally different. Yeah. And it just, that is what I remind myself and I just stick to what I'm doing and yeah. I don't you know, get too bogged down. I'm getting better at looking at what everyone else is doing. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely getting better at it. That's for sure. And especially, I don't know if you read a blog post I wrote recently about unfollowing on Instagram. Yes, I love that. And it was just something... It's quite bold. Yeah. But it's true. I know, it's, it was very bold. And I, I didn't want to cause any controversy. Like, it wasn't about anyone in particular. Mm. It was just something that me and some friends had spoken about about this comparison and how you sort of sit there with your Instagram looking at things. And I was just thinking, why every night do I have to feel a bit down about looking at someone who is doing so well or looks amazing or and it could have been anything? I was thinking that profile no longer makes me feel happy or gives me anything inspiring. If anything, it's just bringing me down. Mm. And I thought, so many other people must feel this way. And speaking with friends, they were all, everyone felt the same. There was someone or a few people on their profiles that they they looked at who didn't make them feel happy anymore. So I was like, I'm just going to write this post and put it out there. Yeah. And the feedback on that was huge. And so many people yeah, were like, I this is, that was I needed this. Yes. I, mean, I, did, I read that and I was, it actually gave me a bit of a boost to do it because I don't, really care about unfollowing on Instagram because I don't think people can tell can they anyway Not really on Twitter it's really a bit more awkward looking. yeah but there were a few things that I kept seeing and I couldn't really put my finger on it it was probably me with the problem but it just made me feel a bit icky and a bit unhappy yeah yeah and oh my god when you unfollow 
and you don't see it anymore, isn't it such a big change? Yeah, you don't think about... Because you're not reminded of them, and you don't see it, and it's just gone. Yeah, it's a brilliant post. Yeah, and since then, since I did that as well, I've deleted a few people that weren't making me feel as good about myself anymore. Literally, I never think about these people now, I don't think about the comparison... And my feed is filled with people that really inspire me, motivate me, and I, every day I feel better. Yeah. It's just it's so, so funny. important. It's a small change, but it's a huge change. Yeah, it is. Um, right, to finish off, last question. Um, so what have you got coming up this year that you can share or that you're excited about? Potentially a few things, maybe, on the cards. And I was saying that you I am so... You can be cryptic so... if you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I was saying how busy I am, and that, that is a worry because there's so much going on and with fashion month like two times a year it's such a massive chunk taken out but in terms of me I'm generally just going to be doing a lot more traveling but as we were saying before more selective traveling like choosing the best trips that will get the best content and make make my audience the happiest to look at moving around Europe a lot more but there's hopefully going to be a few more international trips in there as well just mix it up a little bit yeah, I guess continuing with my collaboration with L'Oreal will be really good fun. And I don't know, I am looking, like I was saying about this different diversification across different channels, I am thinking about that and potentially thinking about maybe a book in the future, I don't know when, but it's definitely something I thought about. I mean, I know every blogger's probably thinking about it at some point, but it would be wonderful to have something like that. It's so exciting. It's been really cool to watch your blog grow. Oh, thanks for coming on the podcast and letting me be really nosy and ask oh, you what you do. Um, that was really fun. Me. Thank you. Thank you.